Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Hey, guess what, everybody? Football starts tomorrow with the Hall of Fame game, and we're going to have some coverage for you on CBS Sports HQ. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Yeah, football starts tomorrow and ends in February. We're excited. Michael Thomas just got $100 million. He's probably pretty excited. And I did not get $100 million, but I still cannot wait to talk fantasy football with my buddies, Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Good morning, guys. What's going on? What's up, Adam? I'm not doing as well as Michael Thomas is, but... Five years, hundred million, sixty-one million guaranteed. At least we know he's not holding out at all, mm-hmm. and uh, we can draft accordingly now. Yeah, and he'll be on uh, today's show in the "Everyone Is a Bust" section, part two. We did part one yesterday with the first day picks of the draft. We'll do part two. Uh, Michael Thomas caught eighty-five percent of his targets. What if he doesn't do that again this year? Is the production going to be a little bit disappointing? Plus, you got Jared Cook in there, uh, maybe some. Young wide receiver step up. Eh, we'll talk about Michael Thomas. I want to know from you guys, though, what's the biggest news from yesterday? Also coming up on today's show, we got some fill in the blank. We have a funny five-star review to read. Thank you very much for those. And we've got a segment. Is, should I call it old faces in new places or new faces in new places about guys on new teams? Old faces in new places. But the, I mean, but Are you calling them old? I, nope. That's a thing. Like It's a mean thing to say, Jamie. Yeah, it's like you're offending them. You're saying you've got an old face. Yeah, not cool. Uh, all right, well, we'll figure out the title before we get there. What's the biggest news item from yesterday? There's two. I would say the biggest one is A.J. Green having the procedure and the doctors realizing during the procedure that his timetable might be a little bit longer than initially expected. And it probably, it, to me, it drops him out of the first five rounds for sure. Um, I, I like the idea of drafting him to be your eventual number three wide receiver with number one receiver potential, but I don't, I, I can't, I can't find anybody that I would take him over with one of the first 60 picks in the draft. Ooh, man, yeah, that's I'm, far. I'm, I'm, I'm still taking green in the first five rounds. You know, we still don't know if it's one game or three games. Um, you know, that was never really determined beforehand. So six to eight weeks, um, could still be, you know, the eight weeks where it's the three games, um, so I, I first I moved him down, and then I decided, you know what? When I started comparing some of the guys in that range, he's still a fifth round pick, and I think that's where his average draft position will probably settle. Um, the the two biggest news items from yesterday were the two calf injuries that we found out about. You know, Andrew Luck now has missed three months with this calf strain. Uh, that's not a good sign at all. And Derrick Henry, we found out, is going to be out for at least two weeks with a calf strain. So soft tissue injuries are never good. Uh, they're never good this time of year. And um, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about both guys. Not dramatically concerned yet, but you know it's troubling that uh, for luck that this has lingered so long for a guy that has uh, an injury track record of missing extended periods of time. You know he's being smart about it, which is the right thing. Um, not necessarily rushing back on the field when he doesn't have to. But when you start to again nitpick those top four quarterbacks, right now he's fourth. Okay, and I I think obviously Andrew Luck. would suffer if Andrew Luck got hurt, but T.Y. Hilton, we really need to talk about that because T.Y. Hilton, 2017, Andrew Luck did not play. T.Y. Hilton was... I don't don't know if you want to go there yet about missing games. All right, fine. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, but... But I just want people to know there's a huge downgrade. It's not like DeAndre Hopkins. Every quarterback he's had, except for Osweiler, he's been good. 
without Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton is a high end number three, low end number two wide receiver. Yeah, but 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 again, at that point, it was getting Jacoby Brissett from a trade from New England right at the start of the season versus Brissett now two years in this offense, you know, full season and then, you know, full offseason with Frank Reich. So I think it's an entirely different situation in what the backup could be. Now, again, I agree with you. It's a downgrade losing Andrew Luck. But I, I think that, it, you know, when, when we talk about these type of injuries, it's a little bit different when a guy's not expected to miss time. A.J. Green's expected to miss some time. So yeah. that's a different conversation when you talk about Dalton and Boyd and Dick Mixon and all those guys. This all is right, more look. of a, a of a where to draft these guys type of conversation. Like when we talk Gurley, you know, who's not missing time or at least expected to miss time or Luck, who's not expected to miss time. So I, I, and the reason I'm bringing it up is I don't want people to panic on, you know, OK, now you downgrade T.Y. Hilton yet. You don't have to do that just yet. You may right. want no, to. No, I'm just if you, if you, I'm just looking into the future. I'm just saying if Andrew Luck misses time, you do have to downgrade sure. T.Y. Hilton um, a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I don't the, think it's a lot. You're, well, you're right that the quarterback situation will be better. It was Brissett two years ago, but like you said, it was not ideal situation for Brissett. And and four years ago when Andrew Luck missed nine games, it was Matt Hasselbeck and Charlie Whitehurst and Josh Freeman and Ryan Lindley. So it'll be a better situation for T.Y. Hilton. But he had seven games. In 2017, he had seven games with fewer than 30 yards. Uh, and Brissett threw like th- he threw 13 touchdown passes in 16 games. He'll do better than that. And you know what? We're not gonna freak out about it. It's too early. But you'd still take right now if you're drafting today, you still take Luck over Baker Mayfield. Yes. Yeah, he's still he's still the top in the top four. Uh, but again, you know, it, it's the same thing with those running backs. Whenever there's anything that could make you be a little bit cautious or concerned or whatever, because they're all great. They're all exceptional if they play 16 games. And so you're looking at who's better right now between Rodgers and Luck, Watson and Luck. Mahomes is going to go first as long as he has his full complement of weapons. And so it, it's just an easy situation to say, okay, why take the whatever potential risk there may be involved with one of these guys? And so you may look at it and say, okay, right now we're talking about this. It's not even August yet. So why bother yourself with being worried about it if you're an Andrew Luck? I, I have Luck in a keeper league. You know, I'm not worried about it. He's, you know, yeah. I, have, I have seven keepers. I got to pick four. He's easily one of the top four. But it's... Just again, when you nitpick at these spots, when they're the best of the best, the three tight ends, the four running backs, the seven receivers, the four quarterbacks, it's just something to say, okay, I like this guy 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, shuffle them up. Sure. And now luck falls to the bottom. As far as A.J. Green goes, I mean, there were two guys last year who we knew were going to miss time at the start of the season. I'm sure there were more, but two that come to mind were Julian Edelman and Mark Ingram. It was not because of injury, though. But I got a third one, Doug Baldwin. Doug, uh, well, it depends when you drafted, because he was ready for sure. week one, wasn't he? But he said he wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah, and I drafted and he, a lot of Doug Baldwin last year because I, mm-hmm. I, you know, he was falling late third round, early fourth round, and I was all in on. It. I also drafted some Julian Edelman, and I was very happy with Julian Edelman. Uh, Mark Ingram was a little bit of a disappointment. His passing game production pretty much went away. And I, I think Baldwin, you obviously have to characterize as a disappointment. That's probably the comparison we should make, right? I mean, got hurt in the preseason. Green's injury prone. But if it, if it ends up being an Edelman situation, you're going to love to have A.J. Green with a top 60 pick. And just the last point to make about this, let's say he misses four games. We don't know that'll be that many, but let's say he misses four. There are no bye weeks in weeks one through three. In week four, the Jets and the 49ers are on a bye. So, you know, you have a better chance to get away with this injury at the start of the season, obviously, than you do later in the season. Okay, 
Uh, today's sponsor is SeatGeek. SeatGeek's been sponsoring us for years. We thank SeatGeek for uh, continuing to support our show. Uh, FFT is the promo code on SeatGeek. So if you're going to a game, a concert, comedy, whatever, you want to save 10 bucks, download the SeatGeek app, use the code FFT. You're going to save money anyway. It's a really, really good app. You're going to get great deals. Uh, let's do Everyone is a Bust Part 2. Yesterday, we talked about the top four running backs, Hopkins and Adams, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. We continue in CBS ADP to number nine overall, and I removed Melvin Gordon and Patrick Mahomes from this top 16. And I think I removed Todd Gurley too because um, we talked enough about him. Let's start with James Conner. So here's how it works. I give you a reason why he might be a bust. You tell me if you're buying it. You tell me uh, just basically what you think. James Conner rushed for 65 or fewer yards in eight of 13 games. He did not have more than 15 carries in any of those eight games. When he returned from an injury in week 17, Connor had three catches for 30 yards. Jalen Samuels had seven catches for 40 yards. Remember, no Antonio Brown in that game. My point is, Connor was really, really helped by passing down's work. If it's going to Samuel, you could be a little concerned about James Connor. That's his bust potential, in my opinion. Guys, what do you think? I also think he was helped by touchdowns. If you look at his four best games from last year, he scored twice in each of them. But that's a role he's going to still have this year. And I know that he didn't have a lot of games with 20-plus carries, but he did have enough with 17, 18-plus touches. A lot of those 65-yard games that you refer to, he also had 25, 30, 34 yards receiving. And I think he's still going to get that. I think Jalen Samuels will have a role where he's catching three to four passes per game. I still think Connor's going to catch three to four passes per game. He's going to be the goal line guy. He is their best threat at running back. This is a team that has consistently had great running backs going for them. I have no problem taking James Conner, certainly a non-PPR with a first-round pick. And in full PPR, I'd consider it late in round one, knowing that I'm going to get a good player in round two. Okay, Dave, thank you for the James Conner breakdown. We have a special surprise for everybody. Oh, big surprise. Again, the Heath is on. Again, unexpectedly. Heath, welcome. What are you doing here? It's really wonderful. Um, I, I'm happy to be here, and I love the music. Thank you. You're very welcome. So here's what happened. Uh, with the Michael Thomas breaking news, Jamie got pulled onto the HQ set, CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports app on any of your connected devices. Start watching HQ anywhere you are. I watch it on my phone sometimes, by the way. It's very cool. So Jamie's going to do some Michael Thomas stuff on HQ. Heat's going to step in here on the podcast. All right, next up is the number 10 overall in ADP. It's Odell Beckham and my... Bus concern is there are there too many mouths to feed in Cleveland? Yes. Uh, on paper, yes, but I don't think it's going to hurt Odell like it will Landry, Njoku, and Callaway. I, I'm surprised that that's the concern that you're going with, Adam. Injury because Odell Beckham be has one. well injury concern for sure. Yeah, yeah. But he seems healthy right now, which is something that we're we're clinging to for a lot of players that have the injury prone label. And his upside catching passes from Baker Mayfield is through the roof. I mean, if Sammy Watkins was going 10th overall, we'd probably have injury concern as our first concern, right? He wouldn't go 10th overall. Well, Odell Beckham's missed more games than he has. Yeah. It's, the same it's number of years. a valid, valid concern. It is. Uh, I don't, I, the too many mouths to feed thing, if we're not worried about it with Hopkins, why are we worried about it with Beckham? I mean, I feel like um, great players whoa, whoa, get their whoa, numbers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One... 
Jarvis Landry is better than in terms of demanding targets. Um, Will Fuller or Kiki QT. Okay, what about and, Landry plus say Najoku versus Fuller plus QT on a team that's not probably not going to pass as much as the Browns because the the they are a running team the Texans. That's the thing that we don't know because if you look at the Browns offense after Kitchens took over last year, they only ran 57 plays a game. They were not particularly pass heavy. Yeah. The Texans, they were when they were losing. The Texans are a little more run heavy maybe than the Browns this year, but the Texans have always been a team that runs 64, 65 plays a game. If if Houston's more fast-paced, there there may be a similar number of pass attempts. It, you know, it's just it's hard to find a situation where teams don't try to upgrade their receiving core, right? Like you could look at Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, uh, not Juju, and Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham, and you could say with all of them, hey, there are other guys there that might be better this year than the year before. You know, there might be a target share issue. Uh, it might yeah, not Juju. No, not Juju. Right, exactly. But the other guys, yes. So. I guess of all these wide receivers, Heath, it sounds like feel like Beckham's the one that might concern you the most in terms of target share. Relative to the number of targets he has received in the past, I would say Beckham is the one that concerns me the most. Relative to the number of targets they received last year, Adams would be the one that concerned me the most. One, because it's such an outlier in terms of his career, and two, because they have a new offensive system that I anticipate will be built more upon spreading the ball around as opposed to dropping back, running the same routes, and throwing it to the same guy every play. Right. That I agree with you on that with Green Bay. In the case of Cleveland, I think that they want to use Nick Chubb a lot. I think they, right. they if, if, if Freddie Kitchens had his druthers, he would give Nick Chubb 15 to 20 carries per game. I think you could say that about most coaches. But you don't acquire Odell Beckham and then only give him six targets a game. You can't say, all right, now, great, we've got Odell Beckham. Let's keep spreading the ball around. Let's get Rashad Higgins involved a, a little bit more. It's just not going to happen. Odell is too dangerous of a receiver. This is The addition of Todd Monken is going to make the passing offense, at, at the very least, he will whisper in Freddie's ear, let's throw it deep. We've got this great quarterback who can make plays, and we've got this great receiver who can run and make plays deep. And And to Beckham's credit, in the games he has played, over the last year and the last two years, he's come away with an over 62.5% success rate, meaning that he's been consistent enough to, to make you happy as a fantasy manager. So I, I think he's going to get the targets. I think he's going to get the touchdowns. I think he's going to be as good, if not even a little bit better, than he was in New York with Eli Mann. All right, next up, Julio Jones. Here's the bus potential. But, well, you know, versus he's... He seems to be always having some type of lower leg issue or whatnot, but Atlanta had the eighth worst scoring defense in the NFL in 2018, and Matt Ryan threw 75 more passes than he had thrown in either of his previous two seasons. You got Calvin Ridley emerging. You got Devontae Freeman back. Don't expect 170 targets again for Julio Jones. Think more like 150. Sure. Fair. So that's still pretty damn good. So he's only going to have 90 catches for 14 or 1,500 yards. Yeah, and, and one touchdown. No. Uh, well, you, you'd like 100 catches from him. I mean, he's certainly capable of giving you 100 catches. Uh, yeah, I would, don't know if I have him projected for 100 or not. Who would you rather have, Beckham or, or Julio? I'd rather have Julio. I'm, I, I don't agree that this Falcons defense is going to be worlds better. I don't know where their pass rush is coming from. 
they play the Panthers twice a year, the Bucks twice a year, the Saints twice a year. They're going to have matchups against Houston and Indianapolis, and they're playing indoors for, I believe it's like the first 10 games of the season, something crazy like that. 13 of their games are indoors this year. They are going to be in a ton of track meets, and you know how I stand on, on Devontae Freeman. We've seen Julio Jones get at least 80 catches, at least 1,400 yards each of his last five seasons. That includes his crappy 2017 when he was playing hurt. And I know the touchdowns are an issue, but he's reunited with Dirk Cutter, who loves to air it out. And Cutter helped Julio find 10 touchdowns uh, the last time that they were together as play caller and receiver. I'm, I, I am optimistic about Julio Jones. I am. Uh, th- to me, the biggest concern is what you started with, Adam. It's the injury. Yeah. And the fact that it, even though he's not going to play in a preseason game, he's not practicing much, if at all, right now. It, yeah. It feels, can I, can I go on a quick tangent, by the way? Sure. Why not? It feels like week eight. There are too many injuries already. <laughs> Training camp hasn't even been open for a week. Today is a, basically a week. And it feels like there's already like 10 players who are hurt. I'm just being grouchy about this, but there, there are already too many injuries to worry about for, for fantasy. I mean, I'm not yeah, really, I'm not worried not even about August 1st. I'm not worried about a bunion being removed from his foot. That's what, that's what it is for Jones, but he, he does get banged that. up. He plays through injury. He misses some time, you know, well, it's a little concerning. like we, we've now, I think said more words about injury concern with Julio Jones than we did Odell Beckham. Yeah, you're right. I, but just because it's we ridiculous. said more words doesn't mean we're Julio's not more concerned least, about Beckham. Julio's played at least 14 games, four or five years in a row now. I mean, by week five, we're going to be starting practice squad. Five now. years in a row, <laughs> at least 14 games. Right, He's next up, three games in the last five years. Next up, Juju Smith-Schuster. What's the bus concern? There's no Antonio Brown. He's got to be the number one guy now. Uh, yeah, this is, that's a really bad bus concern. This is uh, stealing at his current ADP, and uh, I almost made him a sleeper. <laughs> you can't call him a sleeper, <laughs> but you can call him a breakout. Because I think he does have a chance I, I, to say that he's going to get a career high in touchdowns this year is a no-brainer statement. If he can beat 111 catches and 1,400 yards, I, I think he can. But I, I, I think he, I think he can beat the yardage. I'm not sure if he can beat the catches. I think the Steelers aren't going to lean too, too much on him. But he's just such a unique type of receiver. There's a lot of receivers like this in the league that are just making great plays after the catch. They're slippery when defenders get their hands on them. He's not necessarily a, a speed guy. I don't think they're going to air it out to him two or three times a game. I bet he has a 97-yard reception. Well, he's done that each of the last years, but have you seen how they've come? <laughs> they, they, they're mostly catch and runs. Right. Where he's, you know, nobody catches play. him from behind. I know. So, but it's not, it doesn't happen every week. I'm not, no, it's not going to happen every week, but he, he's a very good receiver. He's going to get around 150 targets. He's going, he's going to get more. Very, I don't you get 166 with Antonio. Brown. I know. I, I, I think the Steelers find ways to get other people involved and not make it a one receiver passing game. I, I don't think it'll be a one receiver passing game, but I still expect him to throw it 600 plus times. Um, I, I've got him. I've tried really hard to like rein in my Juju Smith Schuster projection so that it's not too outlandish. Right around 1,420 yards, like last year, 10 touchdowns on 174 targets. I honestly believe there's 200 target upside here, and he might lead the league in basically every receiving category. All right. So Juju Smith Schuster played three games in his career without Antonio Brown and has caught a touchdown in all three of them. Joe Mixon is up next. Bust potential for Joe Mixon. Bad offensive line. 
lost their first round pick for the season. And his points per game in Cincinnati losses would have made him the number 20 running back in non-PPR, number 17 in PPR. He was much better in wins. They kind of got away from him when they lost, and they were terrible without A.J. Green. The O-line's very concerning, though, for Joe Mixon. Uh, that's, I think, the big bust potential. Potential. Sure, but they had a bad offensive line last year, and he still had good a good, numbers. A very good year. But not an amazing year. Probably more like a second round, mid second round pick kind of player. I think he was like uh, the number eight ish running back. Uh, where, yeah, what I've I feel nervous about where I have him ranked, which is basically a border round, borderline first round pick, a high end second round pick. Yep. What I will say is I I think he fits very well in that group of running backs we were talking about earlier in the week with Carryon Johnson. Because there is a little bit of injury concern. There is a little bit of concern with how bad this team is and just how much they'll be able to run the ball. I think you put him in there with Mixon, with Carrion, with Mixon. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. He's at the top of the list for me right now, but I could easily make an argument that he should be at the bottom of the list. Okay, next up, we got Michael Thomas. Yeah, he caught 85% of his targets last year. What and he was he was so far and away the best receiver on the Saints. He had about as twice as twice as many receiving yards and receiving touchdowns as any other pass catcher, including Alvin Kamara. You know what? If the targets come down a little bit, you're not going to catch eighty five percent. I really don't think he will. Um, he's not going to get one hundred and seventy targets or anything like that. Uh, yeah. So Michael Thomas, he I I, I kind of feel like he's a little bit better in real life than he is for fantasy. What do you guys think? I think you're right. Um. And the addition of Jared Cook could certainly take some targets off of him. The motivation to play huge is maybe gone a little bit now that he got the contract uh, that he was looking for, $20 million a year. But he's he's a complete receiver who I, I think Drew Brees has just learned to really count on and trust. And if, if he's going to continue with the high catch rate that he's had, not just last year, but even the year before, I, I think he's probably one of the safest PPR picks you can make. I, I I think a lot of the arguments against Thomas are against his upside and against taking him as a top three wide receiver, but he feels like maybe the safest guy that you could take in that uh, one-two turn range, like one of the most bust-proof. Okay. He had 147 targets last year, Michael Thomas. Who has more targets, Thomas or Beckham? Ooh, that's a good one. I think, I think I'll say... I'm doing math in my head. I think Odell will beat him by less than 10 targets. I have Thomas with nine more targets. Next up, Travis Kelsey. He is 15th in CBS ADP, removing Melvin Gordon, removing Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes just will not be as good. And the numbers, uh, you know, last year may have been the best year of Travis Kelsey's career. It just seems like there's a little bit of regression coming. Pro- probably. Sure. The th- the Maybe th- a little. Yeah, the thing I've been struggling with, because I do think there's probably, a, like, he was not really that much more efficient than he's ever been. He averaged 13 yards per reception last year. He's averaged 12.8 for his career. He caught 68% of his targets. He's caught 70% for his career. Um, If they run more plays, which I think they probably will if they're less efficient because they're not going to have as many 50-yard touchdowns, then I, it's possible Kelsey's targets don't really go down. He seems pretty safe, too. Yep. Okay. I, I think that's the best word for it. And he's 
he's got the highest upside of any tight end in fantasy, which is why he's the first tight end off the board. He might have, I, I have him projected for more targets than Thomas Orbeckham. All right, then finally, uh, number 16 in CBS ADP. Again, this is removing three players. Really number 19, but not talking about Melvin Gordon. Not talking about Mahomes. And I didn't put Todd Gurley here. It would have been Todd Gurley, but figure we've we've beaten that dead horse. Uh, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I, the only bus potential I really see here is that he's played only 15 games in two seasons. But I think, you know, I think he's going to pretty much going to tear it up when he's healthy. But yeah, Dalvin Cook, that's his bus potential. Can't stay healthy so far. I mean, that's that's at the top of the list for Dalvin Cook. Right. But right behind that is he only has nine. He's played 15 games, just like you said. In nine of them, he's given you 10-plus non-PPR points 60% of the time. 15-plus uh, PPR, six of 15 games, only 40% of the time, which surprised me because I, I think Dalvin Cook is a four- or five-catch-per-game guy, especially now without anybody else on the roster who – who the Vikings coaches can look at and say, oh yeah, he can he can help in the passing game. You know who helps in the passing game when Dalvin Cook isn't catching the ball and they want to extend run plays? Irv. Well, that's one. And Rudolph is two, but it's not the name I was thinking of. Go look how many times Adam Thielen has had a big game when the running back for the Vikings has also had a big game. It's only seven times in his career when it's happened. And Thielen's been around for a while. Right. And and Mike Zimmer came out this week and he's he's he he doesn't want to talk about how many carries Dalvin Cook's going to get. I I agree he's a he's an unbelievable talent and I I fell for him as a rookie. I fell for him last year, but I'm 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 worried the Vikings are worried and that they're going. I'm sorry he, uh, that they're going to limit him a little bit more than we'd like. And that combined with the track record that we saw last year and the, the year before. Makes me very nervous to draft him in round two. I've got a question. If Dalvin Cook rushes for 960 yards and catches 50 passes for 400 yards, he has 1,300 yards and scores six touchdowns this season, is he a bust in the second round? I don't think so. Not in PPR. Not but, with, he's not definitely wor- not in PPR. but he's not worth the second round. He's just maybe a third-round value instead of a second-round value. Sure, because at, at draft time, I would imagine that there would be more players available, certainly with more touchdown potential. Because that's what he's done in 15 career games. That, so that's it's a little, we it's a little deceiving, though, because he was really limited when he came back from the injury. They just did not turn him loose first few games back. Yeah, he had like 10 carries-ish. Well, I think it's a little deceiving, but it's, it's but that's also... Doubt, that's in your favor here. His biggest um, production, I would argue, came in his first three and a half games. Right. And I don't oh, know how often he's going to get that type of production moving forward. My, I guess the bigger thing with that was the six touchdowns. Right. They've not really given him a lot of opportunities in short yardage. And I understand questioning the talent and ability of Alexander Madison. But the one thing I'm confident Alexander Madison can do is run like a battering ram into the line and pick up a yard when he needs to. Well, and this is this is a team, and I went back and checked this out. Maybe I have the information right in front of me. Maybe I can find it real quick. Uh, they love throwing it inside the five. Like, it wasn't Latavius Murray stealing touchdowns at the goal line vulture style. Well, he had more touchdowns than than Cook each year. Yeah, well, because Cook missed so many games. I, this is a team that doesn't mind throwing it inside the three. All and right. that hurts Dalvin Cook. Okay, well, there's some bus cases for 9 through 16 in CBS ADP. We got some more news and notes. We got some fill in the blank. We got... Old or new faces in new places. And, you know, 
we got to talk about Latavius Murray, who used to be on the Vikings. I think he's pretty interesting this year. Tyrell Williams is somebody that he's been really high on. So stick around for that. That's coming up next on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Your news and notes, some of it you already know. A.J. Green likely going to miss multiple regular season games after the ankle surgery. Derek Henry, guys, he could miss two weeks with a strained calf. Uh, I'm looking on Fantasy Football Calculator in non-PPR. Derek Henry is the 24th pick, which even without the injury, I think would have been a little crazy. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, your thoughts on the Titans running backs? Nervous for a guy that you're expecting to see 15 carries per game from, not to mention goal line work already dealing with a soft tissue injury. On on the flip side, the Titans don't need to run him this preseason very much. I think they know what they've got in him. And so if if he's really going to miss just two weeks, I'm still okay going for him late round four to round five, depending on if catches count or not. If catches count, definitely round five. Damian Williams did not practice on Tuesday. So it's getting a touch concerning, as Heath, you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, I said when this first happened that I was going to give it a week, and I'm getting antsy. I want to cut his projection a little bit, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give it a week if he's out for a week. The, the other thing is there were tweets out yesterday about how good Darwin Thompson was. Yes, how much I was going to bring it up. He's improved more. in the passing game, how much he's improved in pass protection. So Damian Williams probably needs to get back pretty quick. This is that, and that's the running back that I would get to pair with Damian Williams, because Darwin Thompson is like Damian Williams. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's fast and he's strong. Like every single coach, when they talk about Damian Williams in Kansas City, they talk about how muscular he is. So that's something that he might have right in line with Carlos Hyde, and Carlos Hyde is not fast. So it it might not be very long until Darwin Thompson ends up being a thing for the Chiefs. Julio Jones won't play in the preseason. Ryan Fitzpatrick is leading the Miami quarterback competition. Seattle rookie defensive end LJ Collier has a high ankle sprain. This team could have issues getting to the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. especially in the beginning part of the year. Baltimore rookie Marquise Brown could practice this week. He had foot surgery in January. I don't know. I feel like we may have overreacted to, to his injury status. I, I think he needs to get on the field because Miles Boykin's winning the number one receiver job right now. Yeah. He had a broken foot. I don't think that's overreacting. I think it's overreacting. Like Marquise Brown is going like mega late in drafts. Uh, he's yes. not even close to the first ahead of ahead of Boykin. He should be. He was the first wide. He was the first that. wide receiver selected in the NFL draft. He, he's an he, absolute. He bull. was taken around before Boykin. It first matters receiver. a lot more that rookies miss practice, miss training camp, miss stuff in the summer. And it can really hinder their development in their first year. Boykin's been there for the last three months working with Lamar Jackson. We're getting reports about how good the rapport is with between Jackson and Boykin. Brown doesn't. I'm not saying that Brown. I'm ruling him out now, but I think it's about a coin flip right now. Which of these guys is going to be the number one on week one? I, okay. I would just add that if the Ravens use Brown the way that he was used at Oklahoma, which would make perfect sense given the the scheme that they're running. 
he'll assimilate into the offense just fine. But he does need to, like, you know, practice. He needs to get back on the field, and then he needs to stay healthy. These are both guys that you're going to draft to be bench receivers. I think Brown still has more upside than Boykin. I think Boykin was a third round pick, right? I think he went. He was. And he also. 93rd overall. That's. Program. 93rd overall. That's like 70 picks later than than Marquise Brown. It so matters what? to me. That, I don't Wait, know how that matters. No, you can't do that. Why? You don't care about Corey Davis's pedigree. Corey Davis has had two years to show his pedigree. He's done nothing he with it. He was a top 30 wide receiver last year. He showed a little oh, bit of it. Oh, come on. Corey Davis He's been would garbage. be a much better receiver if he If, if either of these guys have a top 30 season, I'll be it's shocked. Not even, it's not even a Top close. 30, I mean... Corey top, Davis was a far better pedigree top, than either of these receivers. You're not Agreed. telling me that, that Corey Davis... I don't know about that. Marquise Brown's like one of the fastest receivers that we've ever seen come into the NFL. That plays in Fine. the NFL today, especially with Lamar sure. Jackson, who just like Lamar Jackson is not exactly a great passer. So just get easy completions and let him do something after the catch. You know, I I don't really trust Lamar Jackson to make any wide receiver good, but I feel like Marquise Brown can make himself good. Well, you need to have a quarterback that can get him the ball yeah. in order to do. But that. he's got one. Exactly. Okay, I hope he has one. Uh, Bruce Arians expects a good battle between Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. If you're drafting today, who do you take first, Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones? Bill Barber, but it's getting closer. I, I don't really want to take either one of them. New yeah, England wide receiver Maurice Harris is looking good, getting good pub. Any interest in Maurice Harris? I remember him looking good for a game or two last year with Washington, and now it seems like he's he's just you know right place, right time with the Patriots. Josh Gordon suspended. Uh, Edelman's hurt, so he's getting opportunities. Maybe he starts off the year getting four or five catches per game from from Brady. Maybe less. Maybe three or four. Uh, he may he cracked my top two hundred this week. Golden Tate is unlikely to win his appeal, according to SNY. Uh, NJ.com and the Athletic both praised Eagles running back Miles Sanders. This yep. was at the top of yesterday's show. We talked about Jordan Howard and. I, I hope we didn't go too far. Like, I do think if Jordan Howard's going to get 15 carries a game, you know, then he's going to be valuable. But, you know, I like I said, none of us think he's that good. And I still think I still think it's mostly flex upside. And yeah, Sanders. For both. Just because of the track record of how the Eagles use the right, running back. Right. I think they want to eventually have Miles Sanders be their main back. Whether that happens by week six of this year or week six of next year. And what does that mean guess. when they say main back? Well, someone who will play 60% of the snaps. Right. Get it back. won't be right. It won't be Saquon Barkley. It's not going to be like that. But I think they've got a little bit higher expectation of Miles Sanders than a guy that we can use with two other guys. It's I think they want him to, to eventually be their primary I, 15 touch a week guy. I don't... My... And this could be wrong. I don't have a, a line to Doug Peterson, but my understanding of their philosophy is that they do not believe in the concept of a main guy. And most they, teams they, don't they, until they right, have one. They believe in skill sets and using guys in different ways. Uh huh. And I, I which think it's, I don't think Miles Sanders changes that. Not yet. Not until he proves it. But once he proves that he can be that guy, they'll ride him. If I shouldn't say when, I should say if. The Saints signed Rob Kelly. Tyreek Hill has... Well, I mean, this is huge news. How much time do we have to go into Tyreek Hill is a bruised quad, but he's fine. Arizona rookie wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson continues to have a good camp. He's getting a lot of good pub. So They're saying he's going to be the number three receiver there. Okay, so if we look at Marquise Brown, Keyshawn Johnson, Maurice Harris, 
How would you rank them? Brown. <laughs> Fair enough. And Jameson Crowder is oh. just fine. No worries about his foot slash ankle. That's good. Yeah. That's a that's a good late round PPR receiver. Not I don't know if it's good for Robbie Anderson, but it's good for Jamison Crowder. All right, yesterday Jamie told you that if you write a five star review for us, we'd really oh we all told you we'd really appreciate it. He said that one of you five star reviewers, if you send it to us at fantasyfootballcbsi.com, uh, will join the podcast league, and I'm cool with that because uh, this will help us out. I much appreciate it. We got a lot yesterday. Thank you to our listeners. You guys are the best. Uh, my favorite one was this one. Five-star review on on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Great, guys. Most informed of any fantasy football podcast. That's the easy part. This podcast goes way beyond the five stars. Since I started listening to, the, to this podcast, my life has changed. I found $20 in my jeans pocket while doing laundry. My one-and-a-half-year-old said his first word, which was Heath. My 10-year-old made his Little League all-star team. My confidence in life has gone up, which means my wife is once again attracted to me and has cut off her relationship with the pool boy, and we don't even have a pool. So I'll save money paying for regular pool cleanings. It's so good that we are talking about having another baby, and I'm 63.582% sure I'll name him Adam if it's a boy. Heck, I may even name him Adam if it's a girl. I even noticed my monthly electric bill has gone down 10%. I can't promise you'll have the same luck I have had listening, but it couldn't hurt. Thank you guys for bringing meaning to my life again. That's fantastic. It's yeah. it's really good. It's really funny. And I like it. Oh, yeah. It's very good. I'd like to see a five-star review where we actually did help people, like an example of how we helped you. Well, those, those are like 17 examples. But, but that, that, that didn't help this guy win his, his league. Pocket. Who cares if his electric bill went down 10%? Tell me how we helped you win your league last. Do you guys have uh, iPhones? Yes. Yeah. Do you have that little stupid white adapter that you have to put in to use headphones? The dongle? You know, you have to plug like the adapter into the headphone jack and then the headphones into the Sure, adapter. I've got one of those. I think it's called a No, dongle. I just have headphones that have been made in the last decade. What are you talking about? The, the new iPhone has a... Uh, the lightning adapter. Yeah, yeah. The lightning. My headphones just have so a you lightning just get plug a, you, uh, Yeah, They do? Like, I've got like seven <laughs> earbuds around my house that have the lightning adapter. Yeah, I don't have... But I, I, <laughs> I, I do own one dongle that takes but, an old school headphone and my, puts my, it into... Uh, that's all I have is old school headphones. My, um, that's okay, as long as it works. Uh, yeah. Well, my story they was, might not work for much longer because they're I, at least 10 years old. You know, they have wireless <laughs> ones now, not. Adam. I have... Uh, I have put that in the washing machine the white adapter like six times i wash it almost every time i use it i put it in my pocket and i forget about it i have washed and dried what it's a dongle that's what you said the lightning adapter yeah okay yeah, yeah. so that i always that's what i find in my laundry uh, so there's another five star review i said if you leave a question in your five star review we'll answer it uh can't guarantee that but we will answer some from robert dear michael val george and christian i know Batman. it yeah ppr 12 team league I have my choice. I can't do it. I have my choice of draft spot. I'm falling more and more in love in a 12-team PPR league with the 10, 11, 12 range. Is it worth passing on a top four pick? The best part about picking that late in round one is that you're guaranteed two top 15 players. Guaranteed. And if if you like two of those top 15 and they're not one of those top four running backs, have at it. Two elite players to build your team around, typically better than one. I prefer pick number four. I think that's the best pick. Um, but I am every day this week falling more and more in love with not taking any running backs in the first five rounds. 
And picks 10 through 12 are perfect for that. Yep. So if you want to be a little adventurous, that is a great place to be. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, we got a tweet Raven from Jamison Hensley covers the Ravens. Ravens first round pick Marquise Hollywood Brown runs his first NFL drill. Okay, and there's a picture Good. of him. It must be he must be ready um, to rock. It looks I, like I know he's we don't a have handed catch. I know we don't have a lot of extra time today. Correct. And I'm not going to to use this person's name. And I tweeted about it last night. But you read the worst email we've ever received yesterday. I thought yeah. I should read the best email we've ever received today. Okay, yeah, I I was going to respond to this guy, but you'll find out why I didn't. Go ahead, Heath. Um, he actually sent two emails. His second email was the greatest email ever in response to his first email that was sent 11 minutes prior. His second email was, never mind, I was wrong. Don't tell Heath. You'll make me sound stupid. Yeah, I, I, and I <laughs> didn't fantastic. tell Heath, but he, but he saw it himself. Well, do you want to read the first email or no? Uh, sure, because it's, it's actually informative. I've been yeah. a listener for years, and a number of those, I've heard Heath use the phrase regression to the mean and apply it to both a de- decrease and increase in numbers. Regression, regression always means to decrease. If he is talking about numbers increasing to reach the mean, that's progression. You cannot regress forward, Heath. Please clean this up. Yeah, and the subject line was, get Heath a dictionary, I think. Yes. And the follow-up email was, never mind, Heath is right. So yeah, when we say regression, there is positive regression, there is negative regression. It just means getting closer to the mean. All right, we do have a CBS Sports HQ show tomorrow night before the Hall of Fame game. I'll give you some details on Twitter. I'll give you some details on the podcast, but it should be an hour before the game. Uh, I'm going to be on that. Jamie's going to be on that. Make sure you're watching us on CBS Sports HQ. And I think there might be a post-game show, too. going to be a late night. Um, let's do some fill in the blank. This is from Stoogies or Stoogies. The Miami Dolphins have blank players who belong on a fantasy roster. Four. Four. And they are Drake, Balage, Stills, Albie. Wilson, yep. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, is gonna throw for twelve touchdowns. And maybe in two quarterback leagues. Two quarterback league. leagues, he does need to be rostered. Uh Brett says Josh Jacobs upside is blank. 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. Ooh, that seems fair. Running back, top 10 running back? Yep. Top 12 maybe running back? He he would have to perform like the rookie, like Leonard Fournette did as a rookie, something like that to get there. Uh, We're not in Wisconsin anymore. It says blank will have the third most receptions for the Saints after Thomas and Kamara. Cook. Cook. Robert says the most... The most frustrating player to try and predict week to week will be blank. Also Taysom Hill. <laughs> no. Um, That's a tough one. You can go in a hundred different directions. You can take any of the, you know, boomer bus receivers. Sean Jackson. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can almost say something similar for mm. any Rams receiver. I was going to say about any Rams yeah, Cooper receiver Cup. from week to week. I was going to go Cooper Cup. Yeah. I that's... think the Eagles will be worse. Well, the the problem is that we're drafting the top three Rams receivers to be starters for our team. We're going to start them each week, but predicting how they're going to do each week is going to be really tough. Yeah. I. How many bad games did Brandon Cooks have last year? Probably eight, because every year it seems like he's got eight good games and eight bad games. <laughs> I don't know. I think Woods is going to fall in line, and Cup at least has some touchdown potential each week. He was right, pretty but, consistent but last Cup year. Cup is the guy that has the low yard yard totals. Like per game. Right, and the high touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Cooks was, 
Yeah, it's, well, Brandon Cooks was very consistent until the end of the season when like they were all pretty bad, except maybe Robert Woods. Um, yeah, he, he had a four-game stretch that was bad um, towards the end. But other than yeah. that, he was extremely good. The offense just completely fell off. All right, Lucas says, in 2020, blank will drop from a first-round pick to a fourth or a fifth-round pick. That's a big drop. <laughs> Most likely to drop that much. James Conner. I was going to say David Johnson. God, I have a hard time believing either of those. Because David really Johnson like both. will be 28 next year. So if he's worth a second or third round pick this year, it could really fall fast. Yeah, I, I so, think uh, I think Connor, I'm just not sure how good he is and look I, I mean I'm gonna take him in the first round so but but just you know it's possible he's not that good and the Steelers might move in a different direction or draft a running back to replace him okay next up fair awesome. argument fair argument possible the uh this ex- the Cliff Kingsbury experiment could just go terribly wrong it could and then we'll be like hey listen three years ago David Johnson was great uh Kyle says if I miss out on a top-tier tight end, I'm waiting until the blank round to fill that position, tight end. I don't think you can answer this with just one number because if if Evan Ingram falls to me at the right spot, I'm just going to take him unless you consider him one of the top tight ends at this point. Is he a top tight end? I think the top tier is the big three. That's that's how I interpret it. That's what I meant that time. I'm generally waiting to the fifth round to try to get one of Ingram, Howard, or Henry. If I miss them, then I'm probably waiting till the double-digit rounds. All right. Uh, next up saying. is one that I forgot to do research for. Uh, from Philly Special, the week one bonanza is blank. Okay, I'm trying to pull up the week one schedule. I'm going to uh, si- Houston at Houston New Orleans. At New Orleans would be a really good one. You know what I'm going to do this year for the Bonanza? The Bonanza is the game I pick every week to have like massive fantasy output where all the guys you thought about starting do well, or at least was, most. It of was them. good last year, right? I don't, know, I don't know. Good. I think I want to do it Survivor Pool style, where I just pick one team and I can't use them again rest of season. Do I don't think? think you should limit yourself like that. I, I think it'd be fun. It'd be a fun little challenge. I um, think Colts Chargers has Bonanza potential. I think assuming, Bucks, the, assuming that. Andrew Luck's healthy. Bucks Niners is your sneaky bonanza. Uh, and then finally, Dr. Rob says at his current ADP, drafters will be blank about David Montgomery. What's the ADP? Round five? Is that the latest on him? Uh, no. No, I 40, see round four. Fourth. That is so high. Drafters yeah, will be, it might be a little way too, too high. Yeah. Montgomery. And I'm excited about him. I think that he's got a great opportunity to rumble for eight touchdowns this year. Disappointed. All right. Yeah, I moved him down in my ranking. Well, in round four. I've been really wanting to read some emails here. I've been neglecting the emailers. And I hate, I hate when I plug a section and we don't get to it. So, I'm going to do it anyway. New faces in new places, or old faces in new places, well... Have to wait until tomorrow. Um, email time. Before we get to your emails at fantasyfootball.cbsi.com, we do have to take one more quick break on fantasy football today. So let's do that and come right back and read your questions. 
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, fantasy football at CBSI.com. Thank you guys for all the emails and you girls for all the emails. This is from Donnie. Dear Jerry, Ray, Simeon, and Sydney. Rice. Those are Rice's. Rice's. Yes. Could have done like Uncle Ben. Could have given it a little more creative with that. Who makes for a better long-term keeper, Chris Godwin or Dante Pettis? Godwin. I'll say Godwin. All right, this is Bill from a southwest Chicago suburb just northwest of Dave's hometown. Is that like uh, Oak Forest, maybe? Oak Park? One of the Oaks? Sure. Why not? Dear Fatso, Stinky, and Stretch. I'll be Stinky. Uh, this is Casper. Oh, great. So I know who I am. <laughs> he's tall, so he's stretched. These are the ghosts from Casper, apparently. My league switched to an all-play format last year. Wondering your take on this. It does seem to solve the problem of scoring the second-most points in a week, but lose because you played the highest-scoring team. So so I believe this to mean you play everybody each week in the top six scores, get a win. No. And the bottom six scores get a win. No, you play everybody every week, and your record is whatever you went that week. Oh, and so 11, play, 1 and 11. You play and 11 different teams. You might be 11 and 0 that week. Okay. You might be 0 and 11. I, it's, it, I don't have a problem with it. I it's hate a it. better way to determine who has the best team. The better way, it, it probably takes some of the fun out of it. It yes, does. Right. We've done it before. We've done it before. Remember, Nando was part of the show. And we did a second podcast league, and it was an all-play league, and it was my one. I think it was my least favorite league I ever played in. I absolutely hated it. If you like it, fine. I am not endorsing all-play. I'd rather not play. Uh, it sounds th- like our for the people baseball league that you guys can't make the playoffs in. Can't make the playoffs. I'm 100 percent making the playoffs. I have the second best record. The and for play- the people league. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, yeah. that meant the other one. <laughs> Never mind. He's right. But that's Just not an all-play league. Okay. No, it's just a league that was designed that you hate. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Chris from a town on the central coast in California. Uh, Fresno isn't anywhere near the coast, but that's where you're from. <laughs> you're closer of, to the California coast than I am. A lot of analysts are in love with Jameis Winston this year, but last year he was a QB1 only four times, like top 12, and he was top six only once in 10 games played. 
Uh, just we'll have to edit this email, Chris, because that had to be at least twice. He scored 37 fantasy points twice, both against Atlanta. One of those was Week 17. Anyway, Jameis's numbers pale in comparison to passers going near and even after his ADP. Bruce Arians is a genius, but he can't throw the ball for Jameis Winston, so why so much industry trust in Winston this year? And I got to tell you, I'm sort of sort of on Chris's side on this. I am too. Jameis was the number three quarterback in Week 17. Number three. Okay, but he was yeah. he was top six. Yeah, so that was the second time as, as a top six. Yeah, so I, he did it twice, and he it, did it, it both times against like the worst pass defense in the NFL. It goes back to something Jamie has said a lot this preseason, and I kind of go against it with the top six or seven, but if you are looking at a quarterback after the first eight or nine rounds of the draft, the only thing that should really matter to you is upside because each week there are going to be three or four streaming options on your waiver wire. In some leagues I was in last year, I was able to find Carson Wentz on the waiver wire. So our listeners on CBS... Our listeners 99. are not going to have that same experience, though. They're not. His ADP going to have, is 99. That's the ninth round. They're not going to have that same waiver wire experience. I mean, because our listeners are going to play in leagues where more quarterbacks get drafted. So there can be 20 quarterbacks owned right. and still be three or four streaming options each week. Yep. I mean, maybe, but maybe. no. Look, I like Jameis. I'm gonna I'm gonna draft some Jameis, but I I do fear him a little bit because he's really just hasn't been a very good player. The other thing I'll say, and I'll mention this on the QB preview next week. Bruce Arians, it took Carson Palmer a year. His first year with Bruce Arians, he basically had the the same-ish passer rating as he did with the Bengals. Second year, he took a big step forward. Third year, he took a huge step forward. And I've heard Bruce Arians talk about how it takes time to adjust to a new system. So there's a lot to like, and there's a lot to dislike. He's going to be an interesting player. There's a very, very low floor. I I would not suggest... I don't think he's as good of an option in a two-quarterback league. Um, But in a one-quarterback league, I can... I can stream if I need to. I want the upside. Jeremy from Australia wants to know how we feel about 16-team leagues, and do you think it's better to draft tight ends early um, because streaming them would be tougher in a 16-team league? Absolutely. And I like 16-team leagues because more more people to beat, maybe better prizes to win, and uh, more challenging. And in those types of formats, yeah, absolutely, I'm going after a tight end. I'm probably going to be a little more balanced all the way around in a 16-team league. I always fear running backs, uh, running back depth in deeper leagues, and it often comes at the expense of the tight end. My justification is that for that is that there are going to be a lot of teams in a 16-team league that have a lousy tight end. So if you are one of those teams, it's not quite as much of a disadvantage. However, I don't think there's a right answer. Like Dave's reasoning totally makes sense to me too. Um you're just looking for whatever reason you can to de- devalue tight ends. Add a roster spot, tight no, end's not worth as much. Add a couple uh, of players, <laughs> tight end's not your worth li- as much. It's, it's the same in a 12-team league. Your lineup is different in a good way if you've got a tight end that can perform like a top 15 receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Um, simple I just, simple I, I just value proposition. Not being able to find a running back on a waiver on the waiver wire in a 16-team league. But and, you know what? You're going to have that problem no matter how you draft in a 16-team league, unless you spend your first four picks on running backs, in which case the rest of your team is going to suffer. Not just tight end. Your receivers are going to suffer too. You're going to suffer somewhere in a, in well, a 16-team it league. Shouldn't be your lineup is going to stink somewhere. Don't take a quarterback high in a 16-team no, league. No, this That's, is the year you wait on quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. All right, from Jake. Last one here is from Jake. New to Dynasty. Would love your thoughts on the trade offer I received. 
I would give up Alvin Kamara and Vance McDonald. I would nope. get. <laughs> I would get. I don't even Todd, know. You need to do the other side. Todd Gurley, Tyler Boyd, a twenty twenty third and a twenty twenty one second round pick. So sorry, I'll say it again. You give up Kamara and Vance McDonald, you get Todd Gurley, Tyler Boyd, a third round pick next year, and a second round pick in twenty twenty one. I, I think I'd rather have Kamara. Yeah, it's not that far off, but I would not do it. <laughs> okay, good show. Heath, thank you for uh, for coming out. I'm not going to play the music. I'm not going to kill it. I'm not going to kill it. No, no, we don't need to play it too much. Um, I will talk to you on Friday um, or probably sometime tomorrow for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, for Dave, for Jamie, for Heath, thank you all so much for listening. I'm Adam Azer. This is Fantasy Football Today. Nah, we back tomorrow. Nah, 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 nah. Nah.